Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Bookish and the Brave. Like you, the Sojourners are on the mission and face conflict, sometimes even danger. The light at the end of the tunnel might seem far away, but nevertheless, they each press on with intrigue, mystery, and threat in their own way. Nothing good comes from the world while lies and darkness reign. And in this production, the Sojourners most recently arrived at Baldtop Library. They fled as refugees from the city of Boshan and now find themselves employed as the bookends, guardians of knowledge, wisdom, and ultimately truth. How will they explore their new home, this new location of knowledge and wisdom? And so for now, our story continues. As soon as the light of the eastern sun begins to touch the door, the door cracks open. With sleep in your eyes, stiff joints, and a long night, the door begins to open and out steps five purple-robed witnesses and attendants. Going about their merry day, they're talking about simple things. Well, you know, the pr prices was certain to go up before, oh, pilgrims already? One of them addresses you. Hi, I'm Kalan. Uh, welcome to Bald Top Library. Are you uh, hoping to find, learn uh, knowledge and wisdom here? Yes, yes, I am hoping very much to find that here. Also, uh, we were sent by uh, Halal and Halith. Oh, wonderful references. Fantastic. Um, you're hoping to gain entrance. Do you have the books that you plan to produce? Y yeah, I have mine. Hey, guys, do you have your books? Uh, fantastic. Well, we can begin the interview process. Um, it's very informal. Um, we'll do it one by one. We can kind of split up and everything, but uh, we're probably just going to have a couple pilgrims come by here later on. Who would like to go first? And he pulls up a chair. I need a rest. <laughs> uh, well, you can rest plenty when you get inside. Um, you're free to stay out here for the rest of the day if you'd like, but no, no interview, no entrance. Vaughn would wait to see if either one of them wanted to step up, but uh, if neither one of them steps forward quickly, he would jump up and say, I will go first. All right, fantastic. Well, first of all, name and where you are from. My name is Vaughn, and I am from the monastery. And uh, that is that is all you need to know. <laughs> well, not exactly. Um, good, you're a monk. You probably didn't ask this question before. But as you enter into the most sacred grounds of Baltop Library, what remains attached to your person? These are people, places, and things uh, that you would be bringing in with you. Um, uh, attachments to the outside world. 
I have no family. My only attachment is to the is to the order that I come from, the Order of the Defenders, the Order of the Cloverblade. Oh, the Cloverblade. Okay, very good. Thank you for your honesty. Um, any things, any powerful artifacts that you were attuned to? No, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he clearly looks at your scuffles and your scrapes, notices them, but doesn't pause at all to offer you any kind of aid. Presses on with the interview. Um, do you have any outstanding debts? No. Fantastic. This is going on smoothly. Are you hunted by any organization? Uh, not by any organization. Uh, by an organization of one? Uh, that is possible. Uh, might I have the name of that, please? To the best of my knowledge, I, my family was murdered by Lord Basile, and he's now looking for me, but he does not know me as Vaughn. Okay, well, <laughs> you see, we specialize in knowledge here at Baltop, so already you told me you didn't have family, and now you're telling me you've had family, but they've been murdered by Lord Basile. All I would need to do is do like a quick search out there to find out who Lord Basile has murdered in the last so month or so. I could probably size up your personality as well as your appearance and figure out what family you've come from. Now, you asked me if I have family, and I do not have family. They are all dead. True. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's no attachments, anything. I, I apologize. This might come off as a little um, cold and unfeeling, and I do not mean that in any way. This is the culture of Bald Top, however, and you coming in here to uh, gain access, uh, which I assume you are, I want to be upfront. Um, knowledge is power, and secrets are dangerous. That is why we have this strict interview process. Um, so, Lord Basile, that's a good thing to know. Um, have you blasphemed any of the gods, Ogma, Denir, Azuth, Gond, or Milil? The top five. I have not. Fantastic. And uh, of course you have the book. All right, wonderful. Well, we've taken a detailed account of your report, Vaughn. I do hope you enjoy your time here at Bald Top. Um, and then he looks at the reference letter and says, oh, and he points towards the word bookends produced by Halal. Fantastic. Well, Vaughn, I think you will enjoy your time here. Uh, tall man, might I get you to participate next in the interview. Vaughn, you step away from Kalan. There are other witnesses, again, they're very casual, sitting, discussing many things, talking of higher learning, powers and magics, politics, otherworldly events, as well as current affairs. You hear a couple smatterings about the burning of Boshan, as this information has already reached Baltop. Well, uh, name and where you're from, please. The name I was given was Sterling Stargazer. Oh, one of those. <laughs> and where are you from, Sterling Stargazer? Uh, Boshan, recently. Oh, well, sorry to hear about the current affairs. Um, do you have any outstanding debts? Nope. 
Do you have any person, places, or things attached to your person? You've already disclosed that you're from Boshan. That'll do just fine. Any places, uh, any persons or things? Nope. Any powerful items that you're attuned to? Uh, just this thing, and he holds up his sea glass. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Uh, what is that there? It, I, I found it um, when I was younger, and I just kind of kept a hold of it. But but now it's um, it's doing some some weird things. It, it, it'll show yeah. stars. Yeah, it'll show star signs. I think I think it's a star map. Well, you will get to learn all about it um, as you bring it in here. Of course, it will be um, needed to be inspected. Uh, for safety. We like to know the things and the people coming into Bald Top, of course. Um, and you get to learn all about it, I'm sure. Um, are you hunted by any organization? Or, and he looks at Vaughn, or person. And he says, irony, come here. And this young, um, young man, about 15 years old, kind of quickly runs up really quick. He's got stark, very blue skin. And he's got um, tattoos on both of his arms. He's got a couple piercings. His hair is pulled back and you can see two large devil horns protruding through his locks. His eyes are completely pupilless. Um, he is indeed a tiefling, an heir of infernal ascent. Uh, irony, come here, um, real quick. Make an amend to our interview process here. Um, organization and person. Okay, you got that? Yeah, of course, I got it, for sure. That's great. He begins to jot it down. Uh, irony is one of our assistants here. And then he looks up at you, Sterling, says, Welcome to Bald Top. Hey, Irony. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Are you hunted by any organization or person? Nope. Fantastic. Have you blasphemed any of the gods? Ogma, Demir, Azuth, Gond, or Milil? No, sir. Good response. Very good, very bad to get on their bad side, right? And of course you brought the book. Oh, gents and how to spot them. You know, this is actually part of a larger collection. This, wow, fantastic. And then it, as soon as you say that, a couple of the witnesses, what? Oh, it's volume one. I told you, yes, it's in mint condition. This is great. And they begin to goo goo and gaga over this book. All right, all right, hands off, irony. Do the honors. Go ahead and deliver that to the the, uh, the witness program, and we'll get that book logged in. Great. Well, your interview process is over. Sterling, Stargazer, welcome to Bald Top. Um, ah, ladies and gentlemen of Bald Top, I would like to produce a. We have a fellow gnome in our midst, um, Master Gnome. It's been a while since we've been graced with the presence of your ancestry. Uh, if you are intending to stay here, it is quite an honor. As you would know, it is the founders of Baltop Library where themselves stowaways from the Feyland, <laughs> the land of dreams, into our wonderful world of Banzaro. Uh, you are most welcome here. Well, thank you. Well, um, name and where you're from, please. My name is uh, Hawkins Aurelius Philippine Idlehands. I'm from Motion. Say no more. Your parents have significantly benefited Bald Top Library, and we are very happy to have an idle hands here among our ranks once again. Um, do you have anything attached to your person? Well, uh, my father gave me his uh, steel defender. I don't 
I don't know the value of it. I believe it's one of a kind, but um, it, I think it will only obey me at this point. <laughs> I would expect so. Um, do you have any outstanding debts? Well, perhaps. Um, Lord Basile uh, ordered a large uh, quantity of weapons from my partner and I. Um, and we are not going to be able to fulfill that as far as I know. At least I'm not going to do my part. Uh, 100 gold was the sum he, uh, he gave. Well, it's, uh, I'm noticing a pattern here with Lord Basile. Um, I, do, do I dare to assume you are also hunted by Lord Basile? Not yet, I hope. Um, but he may come to collect. I haven't done anything to offend him personally, as far as I know. Okay, well, any other organizations or persons that are out hunting you? No, sir. Okay, that's good. It's very nasty business, of course. Um, but you can, I mean, he, he's pandering to you a little bit, and he's, I mean, you can rest assured, Mr. Idlehands, and the security is going to be top notch. You're going to be very well pleased. There's actually been some improvements made since your parents left. That's right. Uh, it was Lorana and Stuffnovel Bonknose, uh, one of the very few first gnome refugees from the Dreamland. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll get to know all about them, um, and uh, and learn everything. And I, we're actually very excited you're here. So, have you? I mean, I just have to go through these questions. You know, it's just a formality. I mean, have you blasphemed any of the gods? Ogma, Demir, Azuth, Gondamilil? No, sir. No, of course not. And uh, what book did you produce? Uh, it is Toys, Trinkets, and Tidbits. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. Um, uh, and then one of the uh, witnesses, a young woman in purple robes, she kind of just speaks up. And you can tell there's a very forward culture here. Um a lot of hand gestures used to indicate when someone's speaking and she raises a hand and just, just kind of interjects herself in the conversation. She says, oh, Mr. Idlehands, I would really appreciate it if I could get your signature on um, one of my copies of the Idlehands books. And she presents one of the manuals that you had seen on your mother's uh, shelf, just kind of scrawled out growing up. I would love if I could get one of your signatures, please. I, I really have hardly anything to do with that, um, I, but I, I guess I have no problem with that. So he'll sign it, just uh, H idle hands. She kind of looks around and says, see, I told you I could get it. This is great. And she just gets really excited and Kalan says, no, no, no. Well, after your shift, you can go brag to your friends. Um, he looks at all three of your papers and says, well, this is interesting. All three of you recommended as bookends. He shuffles the paper emphatically and says, you are in for quite an experience here in Bald Top. Please, uh, Irony, come back here. Uh, Irony will be your personal attendant for the rest of your time here. And he will show you to the bathhouse where you can get cleaned up and then show you to your living quarters, at least for now. The bookends have their own private residence, of course, within the library. For now, you'll just be in the court of air 
with the rest of the pilgrims who are searching everything. If while you are here in the court, if you would like to gain access to any books, just tell Irony, he will go fetch everything for you. If you have any needs, please, again, let Irony know. And again, I am Kalan. I am one of the many gate wardens. If you ever have any questions about the safety and security here at Vault Top, please don't hesitate to bring anything to my attention. Do you have any questions? Yeah, I didn't quite get a chance to read my book on the way here. Is there an opportunity for me to read it? Yeah, it takes a couple of days to process the book. Um, we'd like to verify its uh, veracity and accuracy, um, but give it a couple of days and you can ask Irony here and he'll fetch it for you as soon as possible. Actually, if you want, you can look at volumes two, three, and four. <laughs> it comes in a set. Uh, we were waiting on this one, so this is, this is a good find. Uh, there might be a waiting list. You might want to hurry up and get that done. Any other questions? No, sir. I am ready to rest. Thank you. Welcome to Bald Top. The sun begins to bathe in and the court of air as you walk in, Irony's leading you. Um, he seems very excited and shows you towards the bathhouse where you get cleaned up, refreshed, private stalls, steam filling up the area, fresh linen, cotton towels, places very immaculate. If you're used to any sort of wealth, you would be very comfortable here. And if you had lived in poverty, it would seem quite a leap. The best of the best, all kinds of magical areas um, within the bathhouse, little bitty flames of fire and vents of steam coming up from out of nowhere, um, soothing your aching bodies. There are plenty of salves and oils upon which to heal yourself. Um, indeed, you all get 1d8. If you would roll a 1d8 as you apply these healing balms to yourself. 1d8 full of hit points. Vaughn, as you bathe your body in these healing salves, it seems to close up your wounds and restore your sore muscles. It has a particular pleasant aroma for your, for your senses. What would that be? So Vaughn is familiar with with uh, high-end bathhouses and and the uh, the different balms and scents, but one that he particularly liked that uh, that his mother used a lot when he was a child was one that was uh, was a lavender-scented balm, and it uh, it just brought. Mm. She used to rub it on his sore legs after after a day of training with his brothers or a day of hunting and. Um, it had that nice lavender scent and it also helped him uh, fall asleep and so he he smells that lavender and then thinks about his mother and uh, and remembers those times hawkins this particular salve that you soothe your very much aching body having come back from total unconsciousness as that wolf pounced you and knocked your body into shock what sort of senses would you be smelling at this time? Um, basically the smell of cedar, uh, which is a wood that they used often to make the shafts of arrows. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's a very comfortable smell. He's been, it's, you know, the smell he's been accustomed to for 20 years or so. Um, he really doesn't even notice that that smell is there, but it's just an additional thing comforting him. Uh, while he's wiping, um, dried blood off of his arms he sees that there are some scars from the, the teeth of the wolves 
and Sterling, the steam fills up this shower. The water seems to come from every direction, from the top, little spigots from the sides, splashing your body on all sides. And as you dry yourself off the salve to moisturize and cleanse your body, is standing there. The smell greets your nose. And what would that be? For Sterling, it's a mixture between like the underwater sea kind of um, greenery, um, like seaweed kind of mixed with the steam and kind of reminds him of when he was down uh, under the ocean, just swimming along in the, in the steams, in the streams. As you leave the bathhouse, it's a very private area. So when you, you don't really notice anybody else while you're in the bathhouse, but as you follow the path, the exit door, you leave out and you go into the large court air. I mean, there's no trees, no benches. It's just large cobblestone, um, almost a quarter of a mile wide, quarter of a mile deep. People walking back and forth, carrying books to various little study areas. Along the edges of this court, there are a couple of benches in which people are talking, sharing drinks of coffee and tea in the morning. And the three of you happen to walk out of the bathhouse and you're standing there waiting for irony. And you have a moment to yourselves. Well, this is stark contrast from last night. Yes, it feels nice to be cleaned up a little bit and this does seem like a pleasant place i look forward to learning much how's your arm there hawkins uh well it's the wounds are closed up a bit but i'm sure this is gonna scar don't have many scars except in my hands now i got some on my arms too as you look up in the sky you can see the beautiful white clouds dotting the blue sky the sun is completely there and you notice there's not much wildlife for those of you that pay attention to the animals. But every once in a while, a small seagull will fly completely over the court of air, but will fly in a very strange fashion, almost, almost as if it's avoiding something. Irony interrupts you and, hey, <laughs> Buckins, uh, you're here. This is great. And you're all cleaned up and you're feeling good. Uh, you haven't had much time to sleep. I'm sure you're tired from your pilgrimage, huh? Very much so, sir, yes. I might be young, but um, it's pretty much my job to make sure you guys have a great time here. And um, if you don't want to start the tour now, you can maybe get a little shut-eye. Um, I can lead you to your quarters if you like. And again, this is just where you're staying for now before you get to inside the library. They're processing, you know, our processing takes a little bit of time. They just want to check you out and make sure you are really who you say you are. <laughs> that would be wonderful, Irony, if we could get some rest. All right. I take it this way and I'll kind of show you around and everything. Um, there's a couple of the temples. Um, you know, if you're doing any work for Agama or Millil, um, you can write some songs there, some poetry. Um, I've heard it said that if you write under that tree, um, inspiration just just comes at you like a, a rushing wind or a flood of water. So a lot of the students here and a lot of the witnesses try to covet that area to get the best song and the best poetry. Um, so it becomes a little bit of a competition. So I don't know if you're into art or music or writing, it's a pretty cool place there. Um, 
look, that's it. That's the, the library. And he points toward this large green door and it glows with this very strong magnetic pulsing energy and says, I mean, ain't nobody getting in there unless you've been avowed, unless you've been witnessed, unless you've been processed and they've made sure you, like I said, you are who you are. In the meanwhile, um, we'll head to the inn and uh, you guys are in room 324. So uh, I'll lead you up there now. Thank you. As you go up into your room, Irony says, well, I'll let you get some shut eye and I'll come pick you up in uh, what's uh, a couple hours, maybe? Yes, that will be great. He shuts the door quietly and you're left to yourself to rest and perform whatever tasks you have in mind. It's middle of the day, correct? Yeah, probably almost almost lunchtime. Okay. So Vaughn's going to want to, uh, I mean, he doesn't have any armor to take off, but he's going to, he's going to place his stuff next to the, one of the beds, uh, assuming there's three beds. Uh, if there are three beds, he's going to be, he's going to take the one closest to the door and he's just going to go lay down and, and go to sleep. He's exhausted. Okay. Is the, was the steel defender like taken to a stable or something? Wonderful. Yes. In fact, it was taken to a little mechanical repair shop. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Um, Hawkins will set down his things, take off his chain shirt, um, and start to settle into um, another of the beds. He'll pull out his um, his lion and start to make a couple of repairs with it. Basically, he's recharging the effects the second wind recharges on short rest so he's he's charging his lion back up um and then turns to um uh to a notebook that he has been he was transcribing some things from the book um that he just gave to the library Mm -hmm. um and so he's going through some notes from that um, jotting down some things, but it's probably 10 minutes before, and then he just falls asleep in the middle of writing. Is, um, is it for the free to roam around? Oh, yeah. Top? Okay, so once Sterling's actually feeling okay and refreshed after being in the water, um, but he does see that his friends fall asleep, and so he wants to uh, go to the ocean now. He was hiding from it, so he wants to go to the beach. And he's gonna write a message in Druidic and leave it kind of on the on the walls and on kind of the uh, the sea wall leading up to just so that if anyone sees it they kind of know what's going on because he has not left any clues, anything that's going on. Um, so he he wanted to do that, but just kind of sees it as like a pilgrimage to just catch a fresh breath air of uh, breath of breath of fresh air there we go and then he'll go back to the room and uh quietly um make his way back in you saw the steel defender being taken away by a couple of the witnesses and they're geeking out over the machinery and the the intricacies of this machine and pointing out the different definitions of gnomish technology you instinctively walk that way, watch as the steel defender gets taken to a shop. 
hear all kinds of noises of squeals and rivets and whirls and explosions, pops. You see a small stairway go up towards it as the salty air is fresher up there. It leads you up to a parapet overlooking the southern part of the Mavi Ocean. The eastern sun is baking down hot now as it is noontime. As you finish your message in Druidic, you hear next to you a woman's voice. It's a nice place for quiet thoughts, isn't it? Oh yes, and the view of the ocean is just breathtaking. <laughs> it seems to house in all the secrets and even helps us find the secrets within our own mind, don't you think? This place or the ocean? <laughs> for me, it's this place. Oh. But I'm guessing for you, it might be the ocean. I'm ready for it to be this place. Hmm. Welcome. I'm Sylvia. She extends her hand in a greeting. Hi, Sylvia. I'm Sterling. So, you've made a pilgrimage here. I've learned it's um, useless to ask people why they come here or from where they came, but I have found it is useful to ask them what they are seeking. Oh, when, uh, mm. uh, seeking, yeah, that's, uh, I, uh, I came just seeking wisdom, seeking something new in this place. I, I have this insatiable appetite for knowledge and I am curious and this place is just opening up to me and I, I am so excited. <laughs> well, she taken aback by your zeal and passion. She says, you are definitely in the right place. Um, I, uh, hmm. Reminds me of myself when I was younger. I haven't seen that zeal or passion in such a while. Um, I dare I ask, have you heard of Bald Top? Not until Halal told me about it. I I was uh, in Boshan and just checking that place out. And wow, there was lots of cool things there too. It was, it was a very interesting place to be, but nothing like here. Well, no, there is nothing interesting in Boshan. I would say you've made the right choice. But um, in my understanding, you were recruited then. Oh, yes. Yes, Halal. He met, he met me and... Uh, uh, he, he saw how curious I was and and wow there was just so many sights and sounds and, and great food in Boshan too that he, he, he could see that uh, in me so he, he, yeah he invited me to come and be a bookend do you know any bookends? Her eyes go wide <laughs> do I? The bookends you're a bookend I, 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 not yet I don't think well if you have been chosen to be a bookend, it is only a time before you realize what that responsibility and power entails. Well, I I stay in the library. Okay. Um, I come here at the court from time to time, especially when I'm doing teaching and orations. Um, look me up. Baltop is a good place. It, um, if it's wisdom and knowledge you seek, you're definitely going to find it here, but you won't always find friends. If you need a, a trusted guide, a helping hand, or just someone to listen to, 
or someone to listen to you, I'm here. She seems to appreciate your zeal and your wide-eyed innocence. Well, thank you, Sylvia. Hey, I brought the first edition of Gins and Where to Spot Them if you were looking in the library for that. I I got the notification that arrived. Um, I have, uh, I've been able to spot Gins just fine without the book. And um, I have no problem spotting them at all. Oh. If you see one, can you point it out to me? Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> um, I would love to talk to you about Jen sometime. Let's put a pin in that conversation. I am late for a class. Well met, Sylvia. Sterling, you have gained one ally, Sylvia. She is wearing green robes. Irony leads the rest of you to a small office space and says, all right, well, I have the wonderful um, pleasure of going over your syllabus, your program here. Um, does everyone have everything they need to get started? Well, from what I understand, you'll be here for an entire year studying. Um, during that time you study, you have access to most, if not all, the information in the library. And we're talking like hundreds and sometimes even thousands of years old of information. I mean, if it's not in book format, it might be in a translucent scroll, or even better yet, you might get to actually talk to someone who was there at the time historical events happened. It's common knowledge that oftentimes gods, Agma, Milil, uh, um, Gond, They'll all visit here. Denier has made quite a few appearances. And um, if you see them in the flesh, I mean, they're really cool. I mean, just walk right up to them and start talking. If you haven't noticed, it's a very forward culture here. As he begins to talk about gods appearing in the corporal form, walking about Bald Top Library, I would like to zoom in on each of your reactions. Sterling, how does this affect you? Um, Sterling's, he's already wide-eyed, and so when upon hearing that, it just starts the wheels in his brain just ticking, like, so I'm looking out for jinns and gods now? And uh, <laughs> he's like, maybe there's a book on how to spot them. Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins's parents were believers in science, um, and while they sort of went through the motions of um, paying homage to gods of knowledge and that sort of thing. Um, he could tell that it wasn't a, a, a deep and true faith. That's something that has stuck with him, even though he's been among the people um, for most of his life at this point. Um, he's he kind of regards most of that as superstition. So he would be he'd be happy to meet a god, but not really intimidated by the prospect. Vaughn's family. Um, he always played the high road with any of these kinds of things that could be controversial. So uh, Vaughn grew up in an environment that uh, was accepting and friendly towards all the gods and all the all the believers of the different gods because why alienate anybody that could eventually help you in your trade or, or any of this kind of stuff. So uh, as a family, they don't have any foundational 
belief or relationship with any of the gods. So I would say that Vaughn is um, curious and maybe a little apprehensive about the possibility that this is real. Uh, he just kind of always assumed it was something that some people hung on to because they needed help. So they needed something that uh, that they couldn't find. Hmm. Irony goes on and says, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I personally have never gotten to do face-to-face -face time with any of those heavy hitters, but um, I've heard about it, you know, seen from a distance. Well, anyway, uh, Baltop Library is founded in 471 by Lorena and, St and Stuffelnose Bonknose. Uh, excuse me, Lorena and Stuffelnubble Bonknose. Um, motions toward you, Hawkins. Two gnomes who fled as refugees from the land of dreams. And, um, you know, elves have become a little more uh, accepting of their fae brothers and sisters of sharing the land of Bonsaurel now. Um, so we're always happy to have gnomes here, of course. Um, not that it gets you any special privileges from what I understand, but it kind of does. <laughs> he winks at you. And you know, then all that happened, the flood and everything. And, um, and here we are now in the present day. And, um, there's a couple things here, you know, sometimes you'll hear ball talk called the Citadel of Learning, the Castle of Tomes, the Great Library. Currently their population is 425. Um, we are led by a group of monks. Um, the Order of Baltop. Um, they make all the decisions, decide all the big stuff and everything. You know, how much do we pay for the security, the lights? Who do we let in? Who do we not let in? Pretty much everything goes through them. Um, speaking of defense, we are protected by magical wards. If you noticed um, when you came in, the doors were probably closed because it was nighttime. At nighttime, this place is sealed shut. I mean, no one can enter, no one can leave. And, um, as soon as the sunlight hits that door, the doors fly open and it's pretty much anybody can leave, anybody can come in. Um, we do stand guard. Uh, the, the witnesses stand guard. And um, if there's ever any kind of scuffle, um, well, you, you will be called upon as you are bookends, uh, the guardians of knowledge and information. So uh, <laughs> hope you're ready to put your boxing gloves on. Uh, but don't, don't, don't worry, we don't have... Um, you know, fights that often or anybody trying to break in, at least not right now. We do have quite a few traps. Um, if any of you are skilled at glyphs of warding um, or any kind of snares or magical powers, we always use like to hear about the newest tech that's coming into play. And of course, we're guarded by Miriam, the ghost of an ancient silver dragon. Yes, the ghost of a dragon. She lives deep under ball top. Um, I know she exists, but I, we don't actually see her come out that often. She's not really been called upon to defend the, the castle of tomes in a very long time, at least not my lifetime, um, which is only 15 years. So, <laughs> uh, um, any questions so far? He takes a sip of coffee. How did you get here? Irony? Ah, great question. I would like you to roll me a D eight well that's a great question i had been very fortunate to train under the best living teachers um that i'm a sage as as my discipline has to offer i grew up in high keep one of the neighboring towns of motion um i was sent here to learn from the masters of long ago so i again born to a very wealthy family in high keep and uh, was sent here uh just three years ago 
and um, plan to learn as much as I can. Do you have any friends here? Oh yeah, yeah. Like um, uh, well, we're all kind of friends. All four hundred twenty-four of us, including myself. Um, but I mean, well, you mean like uh, people you um play with or i mean gosh, i don't know we don't play together much anymore um but i don't know i i guess we're all kind of friendly i think we'll be great friends irony oh yeah <laughs> i mean yeah we're all gonna be friends this is good um sterling yeah friends and he kind of like puts his finger up to you almost like a finger bump and then he kind of pulls back and pats towards you very awkwardly. All I'll right. Give him a big high five. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I, Mr. Hawkins, uh, Mr. Vaughn, any questions from you guys? Do you have any kind of like laboratories for experimentation and that kind of thing? Yeah, actually, we have a brand new shop. Um, your Steel Defender was taken there. Um, it's kind of half experimental, half managing some of the um, protective mechanisms, building some constructs to kind of beef up the defenses. Um, they've been building quite a few constructs lately, um, mechanical humanoids walking around. They haven't really put them to the test, though, so it's still questionable from what I understand if they actually work. But yeah, your steel defenders there. There's plenty of room for experimentation. I'm sure they'd love to have you. I mean, actual idle hands working here in Bald Top again. I mean, whoo, it's going to be lit. I'm afraid y'all are going to be disappointed. Uh, oh, Mr. Idle Hands, you're being way too modest, I'm sure. Um, everyone's already talking about what they're excited to see you pull off. Really, I'm a Fletcher. I don't know if y'all understand that. I've spent twenty the last twenty years making arrows, <laughs> like like just arrows. <laughs> Good one, Mister Idle Hands. <laughs> oh man, oh who he seems to forget you, Vaughn. Um, bypassing your questions altogether, if you had any, he says, "Well, I." I think that's about it. Um, I guess these belong to you. He slams down three large books and pushes them towards you. The history of Bald Top and your syllabus. In a much more pronounced language rather than irony's goofiness, you read, in your time at Bald Top, one year of study, in training to be a bookend, you will, you will undergo bodily training, mental strengthening, and the fostering of your willpower to serve as a bookend is to protect that sh that which is most sacred here in Baltop, namely books tomes scrolls but really anything that contains knowledge wisdom and ultimately the truth while you're here at Baltop, you will have seven points in which you can spend towards building your character, gaining a bonus proficiency will be two points. And I'll post it in the chat. Gaining an extra language, you will spend one point. Gaining a tool proficiency, you will spend one point. Gaining a bonus feat, three points. Gaining a bonus cantrip, 
two points, gaining a bonus spell in which you may cast one time per day at first level, three points. You all each get seven points in which to spend to show the progress your character makes over a year's study. Hours later, you pour through this syllabus, your eyelids sticking together, your stomach rumbling with hunger, your bladder full of urine. Just time after time, you're flipping through the pages. I would like each of you to roll an intelligence saving throw. 17. Way to go, Sterling. 21 for Hawkins. Hawkins, you come in first place, Sterling second, and Vaughn last. As your intellectual stamina is able to absorb this information. Besides Hawkins actually tearing through most of the book quicker than the rest of you, what does your success look like? Yes. So (laughs) Hawkins uh, absorbs, I mean, he's kind of skimming a little bit because there are some sections that are pretty dry. But he finds um, in one of the appendices of the history of Bald Top some old, um, like, blueprints. Um, They're not complete. Like, he's sure they're not complete. But he can see, Mm. like, how some buildings were added on and their blueprints are included. So he's kind of getting an idea of the layout of all the buildings um, on, on the whole grounds, as well as some detailed looks at specific things like the library itself Hmm. and sterling sterling's in full study mode the way that he was taught um at the delvers he's got an additional piece of parchment out and he's writing down notes and he's you know keeping track and he's trying to for his own personal study just in case he doesn't get to keep the book uh but he is in the back of his mind kind of thinking about the culture of this place he's met two people and then something that stood out from the um, from the book was that anything that contains wisdom or knowledge, and he knows that a lot of the people contain wisdom and knowledge, so they should be important to people that bolt up. So he's starting to think, hey, like he needs to help change the culture a little bit of this place to remind them of that. Because he's just made three new friends. He's excited. These are the first in his life. So. Vaughn. Vaughn dives in eagerly because he's, he's excited to gain all of this knowledge and he's being exposed to so many things he's never experienced. But as he is reading in the syllabus and in the book, he's overwhelmed by all the information that Irony shared and just everything that he's taken in so far. He, he can't concentrate. He's trying hard, but every time he reads uh, half a page and then he's thinking about the gods that could possibly be walking among them. And then he reads another page and he hears, thinks about the magic that has been experienced recently and reads another half a page and then thinks about how in the world that I run extra fast and, and you know, what is, what is all of this that's happening that he's experiencing for the first time. So he's, He's super distracted, and that's why he doesn't get as far into the materials as he would have expected to or wanted to. And he's still tired because that one-hour nap um, didn't quite revitalize him yet, and he's still he's still uh, feeling pretty sore. You're all sitting down for dinner after a long day. 
of studying uh, long many days of studying with plenty of programs and plans and classes for this next year before you are fully inducted as a bookend already people have begun to whisper and call you the new recruits the bookends um idle hands your hands have not been idle as you've been begged for more than once or twice a signature on a piece of parchment and you do look around there are not there are no gnomes that you can see at this point mostly humans tieflings um there are quite a few elves especially among the higher ranking um there's one or two dwarves and then quite a few hinfolk as well it's a very eclectic place after the first hmm? good after the first few like maybe six or seven times he's giving out his autograph um he kind of realizes that they're interested in his last name specifically and so he starts to sign hawkins um and styling it very similar to the hawkins and fletcher uh brand that they would put on all of their arrows so he's it's, it's just hawkins now while you're sitting here at dinner time eating a simple meal of stew vegetables and beef what are you noticing around this cafeteria vaughn vaughn is looking uh He's, he's evaluating the people that are in the room. He's trying to figure out how many people are uh, learners, how many people may be uh, magic users, how many people are uh, monks, and, mm. uh, and more specifically monks like him that, uh, that may be more in tune with their physical abilities and, and maybe even weapon play and such. And he's... He's specifically trying to evaluate if there's anybody who looks like they could be proficient in um, long sword fighting or um, excellent with the longbow because his, in the back of his mind, he still feels like these two skills are things that are going to be uh, extremely important for him going forward and especially in his new role as a defender of the library and of the knowledge. And, uh, so he's he's kind of looking around the room to see if there's anybody that he could uh, buddy up with or or learn from, and uh, and then also take an inventory of who who could possibly be somebody to watch out for if there ever happened to be an issue. Sterling, Hawkins, and Vaughn, you see approaching you a collection of about five people. One in particular, a very large man. He's got a white sash on beautiful like sunlight blonde hair and he just says hello you're Ivan the bookend yes yes I am I am Sigurd I am the order of bald top one of the monks here and um, I understand we'll be training together is that good huh yes that sounds good Ah, you're a quiet person, okay? If you're going to join the Order of Baltop as a book, and you need to speak up a little bit so we can hear how powerful you are, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what I like to say. Oh, look at you and you, Mr. Uh, what, Stargazer. You were going to be a monk here, huh? Oh, a monk. Um, yeah, I can do that. Is that so? I don't think so. I was just kidding with you, man, because oh. you're so big. 
Uh, yeah, that's a shame. But hey, I'm, I'm happy with the way I am. No, I was going to say, maybe sometime we can do a little bit of wrestling. You're pretty strong, huh? Or is it all just show? Just uh, uh, fluffiness, huh? Yeah, these aren't real muscles. No, they're just for show. Yeah. Hey, watch out for this guy. Hey, Hawkins, man, he will he'll charm you or something. Turn you into a frog. <laughs> Actually, I thought I might be a monk. I'm sure maybe we could throw you across the room and then you could go poke out some eyes, huh? <laughs> All right, you like to play. I like the jokes, okay? All right, Vaughn, we'll go train, okay? My name's Sigurd, all right? Thank you, Sigurd. That's right, Law, loud talk. Good, good. Vaughn, you have gained yourself an ally. Sigurd, Order of Baldtop Library. Hawkins, what are you paying attention to in this room? Um, Hawkins is looking at the tapestries that are hanging on the walls that are depicting um, some things that he has assumed to be legend, but now he's thinking maybe there's some truth in it. Um, there's even a tapestry about the rise of Tiamat that was successfully thwarted by uh, heroes of yore. Oh, he's taking it all in. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, you see the five heads of Tiamat sprouting from the ground and a, a wiry old dwarf smashing in one of the heads a stealthy henfolk stabbing with queen's favor slashing back and forth a dwarf channeling the powers of morden and lavender and a uh, creepy-eyed dark individual sulking in the background channeling dark energies from the Feyland. Sterling, what's one thing you pay attention to in this cafeteria before you turn in to go to bed that night? So as he's been watching the people as well, but for different reasons, just to see their interactions, he's definitely been keeping one eye open for gins and gods. And when this big blonde haired dude with a white sash walk up, he's a little bit like, is this one of them? But then when he introduces himself, he's a little bit more calmed down, but he's definitely excited. Um, and very much ready to uh, begin his journey. You lay your head on your pillow that night and your eyes begin to flutter into a dreamlike state, feeling refreshed and incredibly exhausted. Sleep begins to take you, but you hear a voice. And for a second, it almost sounds like it's in the room with you. No, it'll be quite all right. I think so. We can most certainly arrange that. And then it stops and you hear movement in the room like a chair being drug across the floor. But you don't remember a chair being in there. I think that it will be some time before we have a chance to... A voice, again, a familiar voice. You've heard it before somewhere grasping at it, trying to remember, is it a friend, is it a foe? I think the payment from the Fletcher will suffice. And then the voice gets fuzzy and quiet. For a moment you hear, you feel a connection. And then you hear a voice in your head like an itch you can't scratch. Go to the end of the road. Go to the end 
of the road. Do you understand? And you hear nothing in return. The morning light creeps through the window. The dream fuzzy and difficult to catch in your memory. Nevertheless, you remember you had it, but soon your body is wakening with adrenaline and energy as you rush off to breakfast, busy throughout the day. But between page turns, the memory of that dream comes back and forth. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, and so for now, we conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, you should check out Tabletop Audio. You can find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. Take the time to sojourn with us. For articles on playing Dungeons and Dragons, visit www.sojournersawake.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sojourners Awake. And as always, Sojourner, may your story continue. As the scent of honey and blood fade away on the breeze, Trina steps back into her redwood tree. The sojourners stand not too far off, tired and spent from their recent encounter with the fairy wolves. They don't seem to notice her, too shaken by their brush with death. That is all except Vaughn, her chosen, and he seems to purposely avoid her gaze. Her heart twinges a little as he puts the others between himself and her tree. She touches her lips, still warm from his, and she sighs. Her thoughts waver like the highest boughs upon the zephyr. But she knows two things are for certain. First, that she will see him again. And second, one kiss was just enough. <laughs>